Well, we are in the middle, right in the middle of a nine-part series on the fruit of the Spirit. I have thoroughly enjoyed going through this. I hope that you've got something out of it in this process as well. But if you were, uh, should have been given some notes, a little bulletin, a little blue and green uh, piece of paper, crack that thing open, you're going to see some fill-in-the-blanks. And we're about to make those blanks get filled up as uh, we cruise through these notes. This has been our, our launching idea. And every series that we do, we have a concept here that we really want to make sure gets ground down good into our hearts. And this is it. If you walk away with nothing else, I want you to understand this right here. And it's, it is, as God is growing us from the inside out, we will begin to show more and more of His qualities in our lives. And this is so beautifully referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is God. It's Him. His nature showing up in our lives. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He grows it in us. He makes it begin to expand and to grow and to develop in our lives. This is something that we all know we need. Why? Because we are wired to know, to, to desire and to connect with God. We know we need these things. And we try to get them out of other people. We want, try to fabricate them in and of ourselves. But they only come, they only come through the Spirit of God. And let's look and see what these things are. Galatians 5, and 23 tells them. That we're about to take this uh, passage of Scripture. And we're, we just did a VBS in Ballinger over it, which went incredibly well. We're about to take this to the Navajo kids and Navajo people. And it is this idea that the fruit of the Spirit, what God is growing, what the Spirit of God wants to grow in our lives, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these kinds of things, against such things, there is no law. These are the things we can just really Go for it. We can just really believe God to just grow in an abundance of our lives. We should never look at our love and go, you know what? I'm loving enough. We should never look at our life and go, ooh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm pretty joyful. I'm joyful enough. We ought to be at this room for us to grow. And today we're going to look at one that's uh, kind of everybody's, everybody's favorite. Everybody likes it. This is the, if some, you have somebody that run, runs into this one, that they ooh, don't pray for that fruit. Don't pray for this one. Because I did it one time. And uh, you know what? All God gave me was the opportunity to see this thing, uh, give me opportunities to stretch mine. And, uh, and somehow that's kind of how it works. Our, our, our patience is one of these stretchy fruits. And uh, we... we it expands by, by opportunity. And that's what we're looking at. We're looking at patience today. All right? Now, what I want to first, before we get into it, I first want to kind of give us a little idea of kind of what patience is not. Okay? Patience is not just kind of sitting there quietly, minding your own, kind of keeping to yourself and allowing somebody to steal your time. Okay? That is not patience. Kind of biting your tongue and putting up with it with somebody. That is not patience. Patience is giving your time freely. If you're in a place where that needs to be in, invested into somebody, patience is giving it to them freely. Because, folks, here it is. 
if you resent doing it, it's not patience. It's not the fruit of patience. If you are resenting having to do this, it's not the fruit of patience. There are a lot of times that I sat at a light behind somebody and did not honk my horn, but I was not patient. Why? Because I was resenting the fact that they were finishing their text before they hit the accelerator. And so when I sat there and waited and waited, and someone might have even said, ooh, you waited patiently. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I was irritated on the inside. I was frustrated. If they'd be able to hear what was going on in my mind or even mumbling in my vehicle, they would, no one would have said that that was patience. Patience is a whole other thing. Patience is the way we're going to define this. Now, some have said that when go through the fruit of the Spirit, that, that joy is love singing. And that peace, which we've talked about, is love trusting. And maybe kindness is love acting. And gentleness is love's touch. Well, guess what? Patience is love waiting. Patience is simply, as we can try to boil this down, is love waiting. It's just staying with it. You could also be said that patience is love enduring. Now, uh, my wife is the, is the country music fan of the two of us. If you're not a country music fan, just watch this video. Anyways, it's got a great message. Hey, it's me. Um, I don't know where you're at or what you're doing, but I, uh, I'm just waiting. It's been 20 minutes. You're late, so I'm just going to hang out here uh, where we said we'd meet. All right, bye. Hey, it's me. Uh, yeah, I don't know... Uh, whether we meant 20 minutes after this hour or 20 minutes after the next hour, but you're closer now to the next hour. Hey, it's me. Is this where we said we'd meet? Because I don't know where you're at. I'm in the uh, little area with the benches. All right, I'm, I'm emailing you a photo of me, and this is me, fairly angry. Hey, it's me. Um, I don't know where you're at or what you're doing, but I, uh, I've certainly got places to go after this, so hopefully you can be here. Now I'm going to send you a picture of me, uh, mad. Flat out mad. Actually, I just took a picture of a girl that walked by. Never mind.
Patience is love waiting and not minding waiting. Patience is loving that somebody else, knowing that, that God is in control and allowing the necessary time for things to process. We're in an instant society. We love things right this minute. We want things to be better right now. We want things to be ours right now. We want lots of things right now. And guess what? In God's process, I want you to know I am thankful for God's patience. Anybody else here thankful for God's patience? I'm telling you. I believe in to build a church full of people who are thankful for God's patience, that maybe they didn't get it the first or second or 100th time that they had an encounter with God, but finally make that connection. Because God's patience is His love waiting as more and more people say yes to that love. As more and more people say yes. You know, the evangelism statistics say that persons on average is exposed to the truth of what Christ has done for them seven times before they uh, decide to accept it. The average person that, that makes a decision for Christ has been exposed seven times. Seven times. God doesn't just throw it out there once and say, well, you, you take it or leave it. God's patience is a beautiful thing. And as we begin to embrace what patience really means and what it really looks like, not our kind of worldly definition of patience, of I'm just going to keep quiet for as much as I can and I'm just going to and, and deal with this and resent it the whole time and call that patience, that is not patience. Patience doesn't mind. Patience waits patiently let's look at romans 2 4 it says or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness tolerance and patience not realizing that god's kindness leads you towards repentance i tell you what there are times that that we can get frustrated as believers that other people aren't responding to the love of god quite as fast as we wish they were But more than likely, at some point in your life, somebody was frustrated with you that you weren't responding to the love of God as fast as they wish you were. So what we have to make sure is we don't show contempt for God's patience. That we we have uh, this idea and this uh, foundation of being patient with each other. That's why... We so much here at Celebration Church just work and talk about this this concept that we're going to let the Holy Spirit do the work and we're going to love each other while we're in process. We all move at different speeds and if we don't have the real fruit of patience operating in us as individuals and us as a church, we're going to we're going to cut people off before everything really takes place in their lives. So we have to make sure that we're patient with people. We're going to have to make sure that we have a culture of patience. Now that doesn't mean that we just ignore. That doesn't mean that we just say, you know, you can kind of do whatever the heck you want. It doesn't mean we don't have a culture of forward motion because that's what we also want to have. 
is like, look, we want to be moving forward. We want to be growing. You ought to be a little more Christ-like this time next year than you are this year. And, by, and looking back, it ought to be this perpetual forward motion. But it may be just a little bit. Or maybe it's miles and miles. But we simply have to be patient with each other. The old school story of Jonah. You know, everybody was this, you know, this concept of, of Jonah and the big fish. And Jonah gets, uh, decides he doesn't want to obey God. And he flees and he goes and he tries to hide from God. And the storm comes and, and he gets finally recognizes, look, I'm the one that's, that's disobedient. And he gets thrown over. The, the storm stops, freaks out. Everybody on the ship, this big old fish comes, swallows Jonah whole. He stays in the belly for three days. And yes, all you science people, you can get online and document that that's possible. <clears throat> Who cares if it's even possible? We're talking about a miracle God here. He can do what he wants to. But it is physically possible. People have actually done this other than Jonah. And uh, uh, anyways, and, go, and carries him to where he's supposed to go, spits him out, and he comes out. He reluctantly <clears throat> shares what he was supposed to share. Which everybody shows. You'll see the little cartoons of Jonah coming up. And he's like all covered with like, you know, whale, big fish, spit. He's all drippy coming out of the water. And he's saying, repent. That's what he all, they always have him say. That was not Jonah's message. Jonah's message was not repent. Jonah's message was in so many days, this place is going to burn. God's judgment is on you. End of discussion. They repented and God relented god was patient and when it's all said and done here's this entire city this entire city that these people are spared around a hundred thousand people or more in the city of nineveh depending on which scholar you talk to and that that they're they're spared and at the end of the story jonah is mad he is so ticked off He's like, I knew it. This is why I did not want to come. This is it. This was why I didn't want to come. Because I knew that you're going, you told me to tell them that. And that they would, if they took you seriously, they would repent. And that you're a kind God. And you were not going to do what you told me to tell them you were going to do. And he wanted them, he wanted it to happen. He wanted the destruction to come. Destruction's coming, and Jonah wanted it to follow. He's going to sit up on his hill. In fact, he got up on a hill. And this plant grows up. Withers, gives him, gives him shade, withers all in one day. And Jonah's all whiny and, and crying to God. And God says, look, that plant was alive for one day, and here's this entire city, and you're upset about that? You need a heart check, Jonah. God is, is, is patient is patient we have to make sure that as we're doing what god has called us to do and we're being the people of god that we expect god to be patient with others that we are excited when god is patient with others why because every breath that they breathe is another opportunity for them to say yes to the god that loves them so much we have to understand that patience is giving people every opportunity to do right Every opportunity to do right. When we are sitting there at the light and the guy's texting and he's supposed to be, patience is lovingly waiting for them to do right. They're going to put the phone down, they're going to hit the accelerator, and they're going to let you through before the light turns yellow. 
and, and waiting, expecting they're going to do the right thing. Not being angry that they didn't do it the first time, but giving them opportunity to do it. That's why us as, as parents, man, patience is so key. Why? Because our kids don't do it right the first time so many times. And that patience is giving our children every opportunity they can to do it right. 2 Peter 3.15 says, Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. If God is being patient, that means the end that he had planned hasn't happened yet. And it means salvation. It means good. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote with the wisdom that God gave him. 1 Timothy 1.16 says, For that very reason I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners, this is Paul talking, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience. Remember the fruit of the Spirit can just, there is no law, just whoosh. His unlimited patience is an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. There, it, folks, there is no such thing as being too patient. Okay? There isn't. You say, oh, I've seen it before. People were just too patient with somebody. No, 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 no. They weren't either. They were avoiding an unpleasant conversation in the guise of being patient. No, there, there are times God is saying, now it's time to have this conversation. Out of patience, we're going to coach them to their next opportunity. Okay? Patience doesn't mean, again, just silently letting things happen. And, oh, I'm just being patient. Anytime somebody, oh, somebody was just too patient with that person. They, there's no such thing as being too patient. Christ has unlimited patience. We can't use patience as the guise for hiding to avoid a difficult conversation or a difficult moment. Because <clears throat> God is wanting to work in our lives. Romans 15.5 says, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. This God of patience wants us to be like-minded, like-minded with each other and like-minded with him, being patient. You and I desperately need to be patient. Man, I tell you what, I want you to be patient with me. As this church is growing and developing and there are different things, there are going to be times that we're at hurdles that you are going to figure out where we need to go maybe before I do. Maybe so. Maybe before our, team, our leadership team does. And that requires patience for you to not get frustrated. Just like a, we've got to be patient with you as you're getting on page with things as well. We have to be patient with each other. And knowing, <clears throat> knowing what God has said. Understanding what God has said. This is why the word of God is so important, folks. We always come back to this. We always come back to the word of God. And we always come back towards faith in God. Always, always, always. Knowing what God has said is the foundation of patience. Knowing that God's got the last word on something and we're waiting for him to do his part helps build this place where we can know this good expected end. Romans 15.4 says, Whatever things were written before were written for our learning <clears throat> that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have when we understand what the scriptures have said to us and we couple that with patience, that's where hope comes up. 
The Bible in, in Hebrews 11 tells us that hope isn't about things we've already got. If you've already got it, it's not hope anymore. Hope is about stuff that is yet to happen, yet to be possessed. And when we understand what God has said on it, and we couple that with patience, hope grows up. I can wait. I can be here and allow every opportunity for what God has said is right to take place in this situation. That is the fruit of patience in our lives. Luke 8, 13 through 15. This is talking about how the the word of God, and this is Jesus' parable on the word of God growing and doing what it's supposed to do in our lives. Let's pick it up in 13. It says, but the ones on the rock, this was the seed thrown out that that the sower planted. The, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. They're all excited. Woohoo! I'm taking this. But then they have no root. <clears throat> who believe for a while and in a time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. They haven't rejected the word They haven't rejected it, but it's not true patience there. All of these other things begin to choke it out. The cares of this world, the worries. If you're you're all bound up in worry over something, you're not in a place of true patience. Patience is hopeful. Worry is not connected to hope. It's connected to the fear that something devastating is going to take place. It says, but the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. As we give every opportunity for what God has said is going to take place to take place, we lovingly wait on God. Now, this waiting we're going to get talk about in a minute is not just passive. It's not just killing time. It's not just kicking back, doing nothing. That's not the concept of waiting. But it is, it is allowing the necessary amount of time to take place. Patience works, folks. It works with faith to help us live in God's promises. It works alongside of it. It works through it. Hebrews 6.12 says, We do not want you to become lazy. Don't want, and he's talking to believers. Like, we don't want you to be lazy people of God. But to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Now, faith, Hebrews 11, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You have that substance you have patience where you're not going, oh, well, that was a bunch of hooey and throw it away. Patience hangs on to it and walks through and allows the promises to be manifested in our lives. We have to stay with it. We have to roll with this thing. It's faith and patience. They operate and work together it's just like our our muscle we got our we've got our bicep and we've got our tricep obviously for our arm to function properly they each do their part when they contract then it goes we we do that arm extends i pull in this one's working and it my arm comes in it's faith and patience they work together 
okay? If we try to just lean on one over the other, where it's not going <clears> to <throat> operate exactly the way it is supposed to. Hebrews 11.1, 1, we already <clears throat> talked about. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Luke <clears throat> 21.19, by your patience, possess your souls. We just did a whole series on the soul we did a whole series on that on our mind our will and our emotions and how those can kind of get out of whack well sometimes we want those things to kind of we want our minds to settle down and to chill out i'm worrying i'm fretting i want to quote this scripture over my life and just quit worrying right now no it's through this place of patience you begin to possess your soul that's why when we talked about in in um and dealing with the soul, when we talked about the, the, in the Psalms, where it says, why are you so downcast, O my soul? And the, that exact phrase, that exact scripture, happens three different times. Boom, boom, boom. It exact, he speaks to his soul and then tells his soul what to do. And you're like, well, we ought to just say it once. Soul, you're going to praise God. You're going to remember all the, the good that God has done for you, and now I'm fixed. No. Sometimes we've got to remind. Remember, we're cracked pots. We have this treasure in earth and vessels. We have to remind ourselves and say, hey, guess what? God, God is true. We have to keep doing that. We have to apply patience. And then that patient process, we possess our souls. James 1 verse 4 says but let patience have its perfect work let patience have its perfect work that you may be complete lacking nothing i so love that god is doing a work in our lives and it is a process that god is moving us for but we have to allow patience to have its perfect work in our lives. We have to get up every morning knowing God is still working on me and this is a lifetime thing. Not that we put it off and say the fact that I'm just the same person that I was three years ago is okay. No, we need to say, okay, what have I been saying no to? What have I not been rolling with the Holy Spirit on? We need to make sure that that is not out of a, <clears throat> a place that's out of a, out of out of kilter but when we are allowing patience to have its perfect work then you can be complete lacking nothing while we were at um, extreme camp um we saw y'all saw some of the pictures before with the pamper pole and some of that fun stuff and and extreme camp is uh is a is an environment where they're pretty fitness minded they have an obstacle course that was designed not just by like an athletic trainer, not just by somebody who's pretty hardcore, by Navy SEALs. They had to get Navy SEALs to design their obstacle course. And uh, the last event of the, uh, of the entire week was a 10K run. And so when they invited all of these campers to get up and be out at the field at 5.45 a.m., at the end of the week, 
after they've been up early, up late, up early, up late, up early, up late, and get up and go and be out there at 5.45 a.m. and run a 10K, which is a little over six miles, out there in the nice humidity of East Texas. And it, that would be enough if you were just running. But they had 30 obstacles sprinkled in the 10K, sprinkled in this thing. And so out of the 450 campers that were there at 545 in the morning there was 23 23 23 chris chris knows because he was the only one from our group that got up at 545 in the morning to run the 10k now chris had been online knew the 10k was coming i don't know if the rest of our campers even knew a 10k existed but chris knew he was planned. He was prepared. He was going to run the 10K. He had already told his mama, I'm going to run the 10K. Now, he gets out there, and out of the 26 that took off, there were how many that actually finished it? Four. There were four that finished it. Our man Chris brought in the bronze medal. He came in third. And out of 23... Four finished. The thing was is that it, the, the race did not go to the swift. The race did not go to the one who was maybe even the strongest. The race went to the one who was patient enough to handle every obstacle that was presented. What made Chris be the, one of the finishers when the bulk of everybody didn't is because Chris was patient enough to handle every obstacle that came. Folks, this is a long-distance race. This is not a sprint. We're in a 10K. We're in a 1,000K in this race of life. And I, you know what, folks? I wish that I could tell you that it was nice, smooth road, and you just find your little pace, and you just clunk along, and you're going to do it, and that there would be no obstacles. But guess what? There's stuff. There's junk. There's stuff that rips your guts out and makes you cry your eyes dry there's tough crud in life and what makes us be able to get through is that place of knowing what god has said and saying no matter what the obstacle is i'm going to allow god to work i'm going to hook up with god and we're not going to stop at this obstacle there was one particular obstacle where the bulk of they stopped there it just seemed too high. It was a wall and it just seemed too high. And they just quit right there. Folks, this is a long distance thing. And for us to really see what God wants to do in our lives, we don't want to cut short the full effect of what God wants to do in your and my life. And we can't get to the next obstacle and say, I'm done. And we can't be afraid of not being able to get over three obstacles from now. We just deal with where we're at now. God's grace, folks, is sufficient. With faith and patience, folks, we will inherit the promises. Know what God has said. Stay with it. Be fully willing to give God and other folks every opportunity for the right thing to come together. It makes all the difference in the world. James 1, 4, I already talked about, but let patience have its perfect work, that you will be complete, lacking nothing. See, the fruit of the Spirit, it is the ultimate fulfillment of on earth as it is in heaven. Let's choose to allow. We have to make the decision 
to allow heaven's patience, not the earth's patience, it don't work very good, heaven's patience to grow in our lives and it will begin to change all sorts of stuff. But it genuinely only comes from the Spirit of God. We want to create an opportunity this morning. They say, you know what, Brandon? I'm here. I've had obstacles. I'm stuck. You know what? In this whole God thing, I don't even I, I don't even know if I have a relationship with God. If that's you, we want to fix that right now. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. You don't have to wait on something that's right now. God's love is extended to you right now. He's been patient with you. He'll continue to be patient with you. But why why wait? Let's, let's choose today. Let's choose today. So with everybody's heads bowed, if that's you and you want to say yes to, the, to all that God has done in your life, say yes to the love that is extended. Say yes to, to give him your death and your sin and take his life for you. If that's you, then I want you to just raise your hand and we're going to pray with you. It really is that glorious. It really is that simple. It really is that powerful. If that's you, we want to pray with you. 